Hey, and welcome to the Justin and Greg, the Jags Experience. This is the podcast that you listen to sometimes, but your friends listen to probably never. But it's fun. No, it's a good it's a good podcast. Everything about it is just meant to be fun. A fun take on, I don't know, kind of world news and happenings. Yeah, people always ask, what's this podcast about? And it's about any and everything. Relevant, irrelevant, and obscure. And, and also a different take on, there can be the story, but what are we learning from the story and how does that kind of impacting our culture? Right. We're not going to talk about just the news. We're going to no. interpret the news for you and tell you what to believe. Yeah, because we're very qualified to tell you the real news that's happening when you get a news story, not if, those journalists. If social media has taught me anything, it's that I have a voice and it, it matters. No. No. No, not at all. Everybody has a voice, but it, does it matter? I don't know. That's a, that's a good question, Greg. So here's a good question. How are you feeling today, man? Uh, I would be in the camp of very sore. If you missed it yesterday, Justin and I took a tour around the city on these amazing things called one wheels. They're like one wheeled skateboards, electric longboards. I don't know. They're like these weird contraptions. They go like 30 kilometers an hour, i.e. 19 miles per hour on a single wheel. And it's very easy to crash. It's very easy to look cool and have a blast too. They go off-roading. I watched the promo video. There's people doing jumps on those things. Yeah. Well, I saw you kind of do a jump when you face planted in the cement and slid across your belly. Yeah, it was worth it. I, I don't know if you can see it on the uh, the live recording here, but I have a, some pretty bad road rash today. Oh, Justin's lifting his foot up here. Yeah, my foot's been like bleeding and soaking through socks. It was uncomfortable sleeping last night, but hey, we did it. Totally worth it. Last night, though, my body was like, hey, guess what? You're over the age of 30 now. Yes. You got to stop it. I remember the days being 15 or 16, taking horrible wipeouts on my skateboard and being like, fine. That's what I, that's what I, I'm a big believer in science. So science is going to solve that problem. So when I'm 65, mm. I can steal one wheel, bail, and be fine the next day. Well, and they'll probably have some kind of like special suits, you know, with like force fields. So you go to land, they just cushion you. So your body actually never has to take the impact. Or just make me a robot. If you take my brain, put it in a robot body, I'm fine with that. Yeah, but do you think when they transfer over your brain, it'll actually be you it'll or be somebody that looks and sounds, but not your actual consciousness? No, I've seen enough movies to know. No, I it'll saw a movie me. where it wasn't, and that's freaked me right out. So let's start off with a good story. Okay. Over in Thailand, yes. if you're living under a rock, so we, the last time we recorded this podcast, they had saved eight of the soccer players. Oh, I thought it was seven. Eight? Seven or eight of the players. But now, they're all out. All 12 plus the coach, everyone has saved... And the world has a collective hurrah. And if you missed last episode of the podcast, mm. we were talking about how this is one story where we have not heard anything negative. Yeah, nobody has come through and kind of poo-pooed on it and said, oh, by saving the children, we've actually destroyed something else in the world. Like, no, it was all been positive. The whole world community coming together, it's been pretty special. Which is so rare for any sort of story. Absolutely. Remember remember the there's like that Coney story in, from 2012, wherever it was? That was not a positive story in any way. No, they, it, it started out as a positive of story they wanted to stop coney and save the children oh, yes. and then it then immediately people were like wait a minute all these things are wrong with this and that's traditionally yeah, what i typically. find out about stories is mm -hmm. like oh it's good and then the the antithesis comes out and then we're left with like man let's just move on to something else hey well great news they've ruined the story yeah today our good friend elon musk and he's not a good friend but he actually lived in saskatchewan he for did, a period just of time. down the road from us he, uh, so he built this mini submarine to help transport these kids out, mm -hmm. out of the cave. Yeah. And it looked, we talked about it, it looked very claustrophobic. Yeah, it was tiny, but it's, it was like, I don't know, a fuselage or apart from their SpaceX rockets. 
Also, great use of the word fuselage. Right? When's the last time we you used that like word? We should have like a bingo somewhere where ding, we ding, just ding. like ding, ding, ding. We hit like really tough words. Fuselage. Yeah, it was this. It could fit a kid in it and they could just take him out. Because yeah. a lot of these kids couldn't swim and they weren't sure if they're going to use it or not mm-hmm. or how it's going to work. Well, guess what? They didn't end up using it because they yeah, didn't they, need it. They didn't need it. The divers did it and they figured out their system, which was like a five hour underwater dive for these kids having to take off their oxygen tanks and all these kinds of things where, you know, the submarine, maybe they could have just laid in it. Anyway, they didn't need it. Didn't need it. All the kids were safe. So today it comes out, all the media is like, Elon Musk was like trolling for free, for free PR to try yeah. and save the he day. He just wants attention. And they never used it and they never wanted it and they never got, well, they got it, I guess. But it was kind of like, hey, Elon, screw you. Yeah. We don't need your help. Quit trying to like, quit take trying to advantage. do good things. No, I think what they're, they're, they're seeing that is he trying to take advantage of a bad situation to push his own brand and, you know, SpaceX and their brands? That That's the question. And what do you think? I don't know. No, he's not. How do you, you don't know that? No, because it's not like one of those things where a tragedy happens and some brand comes out and says, hey, I'm, I'm having these t-shirts and I'm going to give 50% of the profits of these t-shirts to the cause. I, I will give you that this was probably a multi-million dollar investment on his part, which Tesla, you know, is already bleeding a lot of money. You know, it would have been very expensive for them to do the part. Who's and paying to you the- to say that about Tesla? <laughs> Nobody's paying me. I want a Tesla before they run out. They're not going to run out of money. They're going to be fine. Thank you. But here's the problem is there are tons of people in the past who have tried to take advantage of tragedies, and we don't know his intentions. We don't know. We, he can come out and say what he did today, basically saying, they asked for a backup plan. They asked me to come up with this thing, and so I did it, and I've delivered to them. They can keep it because maybe they'll need it again. The whole world needs to get bent. Yeah, and they didn't use it. It's fine. But like, whether or not he was trying to do it for PR sake or whatever, one, he built it and it works. Sure. Two, maybe they didn't use it, but they can use it again. He left it there yep. for them to use in the future if they need to. It's like, hey, I created a viable solution in like four days. Where were you the rest of the world to try and help? Here, Here's the bigger question I have. So what? Like, if, if he was trying to do it for a PR stunt and we could get more billionaire businessmen when the tragedy strikes to invest millions of dollars to come up with solutions to get a bit of PR, isn't that better for the world? Yeah, like, what do we lose if one of these billionaires comes up with a solution to save people's lives and they get some free press off of oh, it? Like, when a tragedy like Hurricane Katrina happened, oh, man, billionaire philanthropist is stepping up to the table to rebuild a billion houses. Um, uh, okay. Screw you, buddy. I think about here in Saskatchewan, we have a children's hospital, which is finally being built. And there's a guy, Jim Pattison, who owns a bunch of stuff, who made a massive multi-million dollar donation. And now his name is on the hospital. And part of me goes, dude, why do you need your name on the hospital? But the other part of me goes, oh, well, like you got your name on the hospital and we got a hospital. So I'm okay with it. This is interesting because this is like the always the tension between sponsorships, right? Where uh, Nike will come in and buy a school and say, hey, we, we want a, the gym to be our colors, yep. the gym to be called Nike's gym. You all have to wear Nike's stuff. And people are saying, oh, we don't want corpse in the schools, right. but the school is way better off because of Nike's money. Right. So where do you fall on that? Well, I mean, I think we want everybody to do things out of the pure intentions, wanting nothing in return. And those people are amazing. There are some people like that. But until everybody becomes like that, take the money. No, you take the money. The school's way better off. I don't care if you call it... Nike, Adidas, and one Fila. And if they can get in competition with other people, that's good for everyone too. Yes. And I understand that corporations wield a lot of power and they're not very much fun. And if you dig down, like it's like, ah, it's too bad. They're probably bad for society. I don't know. But in this case, 
let's let's do good things mm-hmm. and be okay about it. Yes. I don't even care if Elon said, "Hey, I'm doing this to get PR. I'm going to save these kids' lives, and I hope you all talk about me in Time and in Newsweek and on Reuters because he's saving lives." Yeah, I think that feels a bit icky. All right, let's pick up the next story. Okay, so one of them that I think is interesting is that have, so you never seen Borat? No. Yagsimas, my name is Borat. I journalist for Kazakhstan. So Borat came out. It was Sacha Baron Cohen. He does all mm-hmm. these different characters like Ali G. He did uh, it was not, not Stefan. What's it called? Bruno. He does Borat. He does oh, a lot I was of different mixing things. Up, I was mixing up Bruno and Borat in my head. Right. Well, I've like seen I've seen bits. Of Borat, actually, before Borat was a movie, he had the character, and he would go and I think troll people in the character. And I think I've seen some of those videos. Yeah, and people think it's real. And so he's he's famous for this. He goes on a talk show or goes out in in the world, and he's in character, and he trolls people and asks them questions, and then they, they take him as real because it's one mm-hmm. good makeup and yep. great acting. And then they they get exposed or embarrassed because of their answers. And so this just happened again yes. with Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin got trolled by. Well, we'll call him Borat. And she's not happy about it because she feels taken advantage of. Well, there's more to the story, which is he's developing a new TV series where he basically goes undercover and he interviews politicians as characters. It wasn't Borat interviewing Sarah Palin. He dressed up as like a retired... A wounded war veteran. A wounded war veteran with great like hair and makeup and looked the part and was asking her questions. And I don't know what he said to try and goad her into answers until finally she walked off the set. You know it's going to be controversial. Yeah, of course it will be. But here's the thing. I don't care if it's controversial. I care about, I care about two things. One, is he, is he framing someone into saying something inappropriate? Because that, that I don't care about, right? Don't, they do this all the time with media, with, with celebrities. Sure. Is they'll try and goad them into reacting about something. Like they'll, they'll insult them, their kids, and try and get a story to try and put on the internet. To me, that's, that's, that's not it. But if Sarah Palin said something incriminating or embarrassing or dumb because he's asking her questions about politics and she can't properly answer, well, then that's on her. Yeah, I haven't seen the context, but if he's pretending to be a retired war veteran and saying, you know, a bunch of offside or offensive or, you know, racist or slanderous things, then I think that's a little bit tough. No, it's too much. The producers of the show are saying... Like they're going to stand behind it because she's calling like she's she's not happy about it as are a number of other people who've gotten trolled by him, but the producers are standing behind and saying this is actually a different way of looking at politics and culture and investigating some pieces. Which I don't know. No, it's it's no different than undercover investigation. Cops go in pretending to be someone. They spend years doing it. Sometimes is that is that wrong to find out what is actually going on, or do we just expect everyone to always tell us the truth? Hey, are you a drug dealer working for a gang? No. Oh, I thought you were. That's too bad. Okay, I guess I guess I was way off. Well, I thought there was another comment where he... I can't remember who he was interviewing. Uh, I think it was former vice president, somebody, somebody, and he got him to sign his waterboarding kit. I don't know if you read that in the article. No, it's like, that's... Yeah, and the guy, he did, and he's like, I've never been asked to sign this before. And I don't know what that means, like what a waterboarding kit is. Well, is it, whether Waterboarding is a form of torture that they did in Guantanamo. No, I know, but like, is there also like a waterboard? Like, did he get him to sign, like, a board for water? Like a No, my guess is it like, hey, I use this board? kit to waterboard people. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll sign it. Now, in, I'm going to give some grace here because when you're on the spot and when you're live, like, we know this, we do a live show. Sure, yeah. It's that sometimes you have to try and react and, and just kind of meander a situation that's not obvious all the time. Yeah. So if someone says, hey, sign my waterboarding kit, sometimes it's easier for you to go, uh, I'm uncomfortable with this. Right. But okay, because the alternative is, you know what I mean? Like, you can't yep. always be on on top of it all the time. 
I think there's a bigger question here, which is part of me would go, okay, you should just be you, you know, regardless of the situation. It doesn't matter who's interviewing you or what, under what context or pretext. Just answer how you would always answer. But the problem is, and maybe it's not a problem, it's humanity, is we generally shift ourselves a little bit to cater to our audience, whoever that audience is. I would never do that. You do that all the time. I would never no, do that. No, that's literally the story of your life. You don't know me. Yeah, I do. I spend a lot of time with you. You don't know me. Depending who's around, you'll dial it up or dial it down, or you know certain things make certain people laugh, so you'll be way more in that character or this character or that. And I think everybody does that because it's actually a form of empathy in a way of trying to find common ground with people. No, if you're an easy laugh, I'll go for it repeatedly. <laughs> I will admit to that. If you laugh at like an, a, a, an easy joke... <laughs> I'll, I'll go for it all day, the same well, over and over again. I'll use the same jokes every single day on the same person if it's an easy laugh because I love laughing. <laughs> uh, it'd be my question to you You're know welcome. The, the audience watching live here or listening on the podcast and feedback if you have it is, do you think it's wrong to slightly change, not who you are, but change bits of how you act and, and how you would carry yourself depending on who's around you? It's a good question. And I think the answer is yes and no. It depends on what you that's, do. It like no, if you, that's not an answer. No, if I'm if I'm a completely different person. Sure. Whether I'm in public, people always in social media they find this right. If I'm in social media and I'm like, oh, I'm super fun and outgoing, and then in real life I'm like, don't talk to me and I'm rude. Well, that's sure. a problem. But there's different parts of your personality, right? And if you're if you like sports, talk with your sports friends. Then you're going to bring out that side of it. And if you get heat up about sports, whereas you can't talk about the music side, which maybe is more subdued. Sure. So there's there's flexibility there. But yeah, I think that the idea of changing yourself, and I think that the, it's the core characteristics yeah. of who you are. You, you shouldn't change your values. Right. And that's really what counts is your values. But yeah, for me, there's some people who are like, I don't mind sports and I can talk about sports and I'll talk sports with sports people, but I also play music. And so it's a good example as I'll talk more music. I think what gets tricky is if the government gave a million dollars to either sports funding or music funding, and as a result, the other party didn't get it. Well, how do you land on that? Boo, Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to politics, destroy those guys. And oh, not like man. destroy them, but feel free to go after them because I think in, in the States, as much as in Canada, politics are so ugly, man. And oh, nothing yeah, drives me more absolutely. nuts than having politicians only look out for themselves. And so if Sasha Baron Cohen is going in there and doing this to try and expose people to be like, listen, you're actually a liar. Well, right. then I'm fine with that. Yeah. Go ahead. Get at them. You're saying drain the swamp? No, not, I did not say that. I'm just saying I just hate when politicians lie. And it happens all the time. Kills me. Hey, I don't know if you've heard about this story of this Ontario woman who accidentally stole a car for two weeks. I almost heard about it. I found it on the internet, but then you had found it first. So I figured I'll let you read it and you tell me about it. Okay, so she goes to rent a car. She rents a car. She goes to Walmart. She comes out of Walmart and she gets into the same car that wasn't her car somebody else who owned the car. So she goes and, you know, this happens in parking lots to people. Uh, I won't throw my wife under the bus, but I'm throwing my wife under the bus. She can't remember where she parked the car. So she comes out and this woman sees a car, which she thinks is her rental car. And it's one of those new cars with a fob. So she goes up to the car. The, the door's open. She gets in. She starts a vehicle and she drives away. Sorry, the fob worked on another vehicle? What happened was the owner left his fob in the car, probably in like the glove box or the console oh, or something. So she thought it was working. So she thought her fob was working and it was her car. And it's a rental car. She doesn't know license plate. She doesn't know the car. So she drove it around for two weeks. When she went to return it to Enterprise, the manager there recognizes this isn't our car. This car has been reported stolen. And the guy whose car it was stolen came here and rented a car from us. Amazing. 
So he like put the whole loop together. That is like that almost could never happen. Like, what are the chances of that? Like, him going to rent a car from the same place? Yeah, that she rented from, and it's quite the story. But part of me goes, why would you leave your fob in the car? Well, I mean, I would. Do, I've I've done that. I've done it before. Where it's like, okay, cool. I'm gonna be. Quick. What's your your make, model, and license plate so we can follow you around? Yeah, it's funny. But like, your vehicle. I, it's all about time. Like, I'm gonna jump in, and jump out. I'm not gonna. Well, hey, I'm. I can I put know, your key fob in your pocket. Yeah, I mean, usually it's there, but I'm I'm not against putting it in the console and be like, I'm gonna jump in, jump out, it'll be fine. And I know in the states it's kind of crazy to do that, but in Canada, people, in the wintertime especially, people leave a car running for like 25 minutes sometimes. Yeah, that's what you have a car starter for, so people can't drive away. No, people put their key card like in our city in Regina, Saskatchewan. People's cars are always being stolen, and there's always like public announcements being like, "Do not leave your keys in the car." Actually, we have like provincial insurance for all of our vehicles, and. They've come up with this campaign about half of the vehicles stolen have the keys in the vehicle. It's a thing that we do here. We just leave our keys. And I think actually because we're more of a rural community. Sure. Like farmers are just used to like, well, there's no one out here. Yeah. So if I'm in the city, I'm just going to toss my keys on the floor underneath my my mud mat or whatever it's called. And then I'll just go in and come back is out. That the other? I, I've only seen the movies and every single pair of keys is in the visor. There's you know, lots every of those. single Every single one, but I've never thought to check under the mat. There's mats. There's up there. It's, a lot of people just leave in the ignition. The bigger conversation here is why you're such a weirdo and you have like a thousand things on your car keychain so you can never put it in your pocket. No, I, I don't I don't like keys. I usually put them in my, my, my bag. Yeah, but your keychain is so full of stuff. You don't need that much stuff. Well, you never know when you're going to use it. It's I mean, like, if I use it once a year, it's nice to have it on you for when it's there. You're like the guy who's got like the padlock in his shed that he never goes into at his like grandparents' farm. And so you keep that on your keychain all the time. Or my old bike lock from a bike I no longer have or the bike lock. <laughs> but I might find it. It might, it might come up at some point. What I really want is everything to be on my phone. Sure. I want all my IDs and my passport and everything on my phone because I never leave home without it. It's more important than my wallet. Yep. And I want everything to be like tap, like beep, to unlock my my, my keys, my mm-hmm. house, my everything. Because like I say, the thumbprint on this is yep. more secure than a, a random piece of metal that I could find or, or lose. Yeah, then that's a good point because people would be like, your phone, what if you lose your phone? And it's like, well, if you lose your phone and you've got a passcode on it, and especially maybe a good one, like a six-digit, and a fingerprint scanner, that is way more secure than what if you drop your car keys while somebody walks through the parking lot beeping it, and then they find it, and then they run away. Totally. Plus, all your credit cards, if somebody steals your credit card and spends money on it, the credit card companies give you it back. Boom. And I think, actually, since Apple changed one of the sisters for iPhone specifically, but they changed something uh, for security, and in New York City, they were getting iPhones stolen all the time, mm-hmm. and then now it's... It's like dropped. Like no one steals iPhones anymore because as soon as it's gone, well, you just go on the cloud and you delete everything and lock in. They're useless to you. Well, now you actually, in order to be able to erase an iPhone, you have to be able to sign into the original Apple account or else you can't unlock right. the iPhone and sell it. Yeah, and so like phone thefts are at an all-time low. You need your fingerprints to use it. So why not just put everything on here? I know in, in Estonia, everything's online. They've oh, got like yeah. government ID cards that have everything. You buy everything through it. They, they know everything. I know that's kind of scary for people, but like, let's be honest. Facebook knows a lot about you already. Sure. They a probably could do that you. In fact, already. I went and downloaded my Facebook data just to see it, to see what it looked like. And there's a lot of things on there. I have a bunch of friends on Facebook. It told me every one of their phone numbers. Because when you sign up for Facebook, they ask for your phone number. And a lot of us give it mm-hmm. because of mobile stuff. Yep. You don't have to, but we just give this information out. And it's all there. Do you know whose phone was not in that list? Yours. Yes, thank you. Because I hate the phone enough that I don't give out my phone to like anyone 
Because I'm afraid somebody will call me instead of texting me. And you also wear a tinfoil hat when you're not on camera. No. No, that is completely different. You're scared of getting the government. I will give out all my information. Just don't call me. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. On your cell phone. Yeah. You know, you used to call me on my cell phone. What do you mean? That's a Drake quote. Drake from a duck? You can't use that joke, man. I'm going to use that joke till the day it dies. No. The duck. No. They'll Drake the duck dies. Okay, so today's a big day on the sports stage as a whole. The World Cup semifinal, the second semifinals today. And that's between? England and Croatia. Okay. Now, funny thing about Croatia, someone pointed this out on a map. If you're, if you're by a map right now, look at this. Croatia has taken all the coastline from Bosnia. So like they started a new country and just took the coast. Yeah, it's like, hey, Bosnia, no coast for you. It's like it's like Bosnia is here right next to the coast and Croatia is over top of it. Because they, they used to be the, the same, same country? I don't know the history of it. Oh, the history. Yeah. Well, I just maybe. pronounced it differently. Oh, that's good. It's weird. Anyway, Croatia is, I think, the favorite in this. Yeah, they've been really good. But, but England's sexy. England's, they're young, they're hot, and everyone, everyone wants England, because apparently what? England invented soccer, right? The whole, it's like hashtag uh, bring it home or it, cups going home or something like that. Can we talk about why soccer players are so good looking for athletes? Yes, I'll let you lead and I'll react to what you say. Is there another sport in the world that has, as a whole, better looking athletes? I love that you can say as a whole, like worldwide, soccer players are attractive. And yeah. we, can, we can say that on the podcast because it's true. It's almost undeniably, objectively true. People from all over the world, if you play soccer, yep. and I would argue the fact that, one, you don't have like massive size, muscle mass, like you do in sure. the NFL. Yeah, you can say thinner. Right? In the NFL, people like... Some people like a muscly guy, though. They, it's true, but like... Or girls, either way. People like in, in shape, it's important. Hockey, you just have no no idea. And you've taken a lot of pucks to the face. Yeah. <laughs> if you get the close-ups of those guys' faces... Oh, man. And the dental work, like the real dental work, when they're like missing like 14 teeth, they love it. Yeah. And some people find that... But we're talking about it as a whole. Yeah. Right? I'm not attracted to like... Oof. And then basketball is kind of hit and miss. Yeah. But I mean, like really tall guys in basketball too. Really right? tall, yeah. So it's just like just different. But it just seems like and some of it could just be the culture and the style. It's like they generally their haircuts are good, their skin is good. I don't know. I don't want to get like too hey, keep weird going. Here, but keep going. Like, I want to see where this ends up. I don't know. Like that's my question to the viewers. Uh one, who cares? Maybe you don't. But two, is there another sport that can compete? Like, I don't know. Maybe there's like like cricket. I don't well, follow a lot, a lot of cricket. Of, yeah, you think about golf though. Golf kind of the same thing. It's a lot of walking. You can be in shape for it, whatever, but it's not the same. No, mostly because they have such bad farmer tans. Do you from think it's a cultural thing? Like in terms of like the haircuts and the style on sort of stuff? Maybe it's just they're exotic to North Americans where we live here. And everybody else is like, no, they're just normal. And meanwhile, everybody's like, they look at like the New Zealand All Blacks, the rugby team, like those guys. Wow. We should actually look when this podcast is done to see if the MLS players who are, you know, a lot more North oh, Americans interesting. have the same the same history of like are they Cristiano Ronaldo look good looking? Mm, interesting. I don't know. And if you're if you're weirded out by this conversation, that's fine. Yeah, join it, the it club. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, but England, I hope wins today because if England wins today, mm-hmm. we have an England France World Cup final. And yeah, how funny is fun. that historically speaking? Because they historically hate each other. Yeah. You know, like hey, England, France, and I think French is actually the better team. Well, yeah. I mean, they I think they came to the rescue in World War II, but generally speaking, not friendly. Are you going to watch the World Cup final? Uh, I'll probably be working. On Sunday? Is it Sunday? Yeah. Uh, I will try and watch it. 
Yeah, I think that I want to watch it, but it's not really a priority to me. But it's one of those things where it's like, hey, it's culturally relevant. We should all watch. I love, I love watching World Cup. We were out at the lake and there was no internet. I watched a lot of World Cup. Oh, through, through like satellite? Yeah, they have satellite oh, TV. Okay. You know what they should do? They should make the World Cup final like the Super Bowl final and have awesome commercials so we yeah, all watch it. Yeah, that'd be fun. Why wouldn't you? Because three billion people tuned into the World Cup last year. And that'll what? Be, yeah, that'll be more, not the final, but through the entire oh, thing. Mm, and that'll be higher this year because it's, it's way more, like it's easier to get to. Yeah, it's, I guess every year. The I, last World Cup, I had an app on my phone. I could watch anything in real time, rewind it for free in Canada. Like, we're good for that sort of stuff. I want to know what is like a war or not a world. Yeah, World Cup final watch party snack. Like, uh, Super Bowl snacks is like, you know, wings and ribs and it's like, it's uh, American. Like greasy. I know, but like, I think, it, I think it depends on where you are. Like, France, they'd be having like pastries. They'd be having pastries, bread. French baguettes and then charcuterie boards. And in England, they're having mashed potatoes and mashed peas, gravy, spotted dick, and a whole a whole lot of beer, right? They drink beer and in, in France it's wine. I, oh, oh, it could be. That's uh that's like what, sixty seconds of stereotypes for yeah. us? So we probably should get <laughs> off that. You're welcome. Oh, uh, how about today? July eleventh is 7-Eleven Day where everybody gets free Slurpees. Yeah, and Slurpees are amazing and it it disgusts me that they're not worldwide. What I do you mean? I spent four months on the island of Trinidad and the island of Tobago. They don't have Slurpees. They have 7-Elevens. They don't have Slurpees. Yeah, because they know that Slurpees are basically a cup full of ice and sugar, and they will kill you. They're, oh, and food dye. If you're in a hot, a hot country, you need Slurpees. It's like a thing. No, you could have this thing that's called water. No. What it's, do you mean? No. That's the most boring thing you've ever said. I don't care if it's boring. It's healthy. I feel sorry for your kids. Hey, Dad, can I have fun and enjoy my life and have a Slurpee? They're free today. And you're like, now, have some cold water. Yeah. And they will thank me for it when they are living many, many years into their lives. Why would I want to live a longer, miserable life when I can live a short, good one? Are Riddle me this. Right now? Riddle me this. Yeah. I want to enjoy my life. Yeah. You don't want to watch your kids grow up because you're going to die young. No, but you'll not, be having fun young. to do it. Not that young. Oh, okay. Like, what age are you fine to, like, not watch your grandkids grow up? Yeah, like, 75, if I start keeling out there, like, yeah, we'll just shut her you down. You think you're going to make it to 75 having oh, slurpees dude, every day? My grandpa lived to he was 106. Those genes are in this body. So, see you there. Gross. I'll be at your funeral. I'll be like, well, you should have ate more slurpees. Mm, maybe. Anyway, in Canada... Today, July 7th, I think it's in the States too, actually. You can get a free Slurpee at any 7-Eleven. Who Which, are, I think world-renowned for the best Slurpees. I think it actually speaks more to, what does a Slurpee cost to make? Oh, man. They're making bank on those. They charge them like two bucks for a big Slurpee. Over two dollars for a and big And it's Slurpee. basically water, a little bit of sugar, and some food dye. It's free. Because when we worked at McDonald's, oh, they were yeah. like, hey, pop is basically free for us to give yeah. out. So if you're paying two bucks for it, like... Here in Canada, they have dollar drink days at McDonald's. Yeah, and they're still making a pile of cake on that. It's almost 100% profit. Because I think it's like a penny or a couple pennies for the cup, and basically what you fill it with is nothing. Nothing. And so, then it's all ice, too. And but it's, it, it is special. And here in Regina, we actually have, like, the busiest 7-Eleven in Canada? In the world. In the world? In the world. It's the biggest. So the, the city that sells the most Slurpees is Winnipeg. Winnipeg, Manitoba, to our, to our east mm -hmm. from here. And actually, I'm going to bring up some, some quotes about just how prevalent Slurpees are in this city. So uh, just hang on for one second, because this is, this is insane stuff they're going to tell us here. These are some of the things about why Winnipeg sells the most Slurpees worldwide. Slurpee is the number one beverage in, served to women in Winnipeg's maternity wards in the summertime. So if you just had a baby, you're getting Slurpees because you want it in the summertime. I str Wow. That's a thing. 
That's the thing. Instead of giving flowers, people meet and greet friends and the family in the airport by giving them Slurpee drinks. Who, the, made, who makes this stuff This up? is real stuff. This what is do you mean it's real stuff? <laughs> These are things that, that, um, that make Winnipeg, Winnipeg the Slurpee capital of the world. Wow. When it's minus 40 degrees Celsius outside, which is minus 40 Fahrenheit for you guys mm-hmm. in the States, people can be seen waiting for the bus, biking, skating with a Slurpee in hand. Minus 40. The Slurpee is the me. choice drink for fans watching outdoor football games, of course. Uh, Slurpees often serve at summer weddings. It's consumed for breakfast year round. Oh. Like, this is not a good thing. (laughs) No, I don't think. (laughs) These are stats, but we're not proud of these stats if you're from Winnipeg. You're like, oh, I think we've got an issue. Then this comes to what you were referring to of like, maybe maybe stop having Slurpees for breakfast. At what point are they also the diabetes capital of the world? That's what I want to know. Man, 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 man. But But, so this location in Regina, though, sells more Slurpees than any other place in the world. And today they're actually having a block party. Yeah, with free Slurpees, a Slurpee mascot, there's cake, there's balloon special, animals, yeah, there's special music. Flavors. Wasn't there a band? Yeah, there's going to be bands. Shutting down an entire city block, maybe not, but just having a party out in front of their 7-Eleven for Slurpee Day. And don't think that I won't walk, because you have a 7-Eleven pretty close to your house. Yeah. I won't walk there when we're done this podcast to get my free Slurpee, and then I'll go back later in the day when the cashiers well, change over no. to get another Slurpee, and then back again in the nighttime to get my third Free slippery of the day. Yeah, I wonder if it starts at like 12.01 a.m. You've, uh, you've already I, missed a window. I think the last time you we missed were there, a shift change. No, last time we were there, it started at 12, I think is what it was. Oh, noon. But they were like, hey, can we just get them now? And they're like, yeah, I guess. Oh, right. Remember? And the power was out. We had the mango hot ones. And that one was actually, I have like one slurp a year. That one, it was, it was like, yeah, it was like spicy mango and it was actually delicious. We should do a bit where we have Slurpees for breakfast every nope. day for a week. Nope. And just see what it does. Hard pass. Who's the guy who's like, uh, Supersize me. Yeah, that I don't guy. know his name. He should do it. Uh, Ricky Jevenbach says Morgan Spurlock. Yeah, only do Slurpees for a month and see what happens to your body. Did you ever watch that show? I sure did, and I ate McDonald's right after. Was it was it weird? Like, what actually no, happened to him? Well, what would happen to anybody if all you consumed was fast food, three meals a day for a month, you wouldn't be healthy. But did he just that have Big Macs and fries? Because McDonald's has, like, salads and stuff, right? Yeah, he, I, he, what he did, it was something like he ordered... It was like only Big Mac meals. If they asked him if he wanted a salad instead of fries, he would take it, which hardly ever happened. And if they asked him to upsize his drink, he would upsize it and drink the whole thing. And so he basically oh, just... Uh, yeah. and a United States large is yeah. massive. It's like eight gallons of pop. We just had three Carl's times Jr. a day. Carl's Jr. is here, and their sizes are American. So they go, hey, what kind of size pop do you want? I'm like, ah, small's fine. A small is like a large. Oh, man. And if you, get a, if you get a large, you're getting like a backpack full of soda. I call it soda because it's American. I'm I'm sad you didn't say knapsack. Knapsack. A knapsack photo soda. Anyway, I, I say pop. I think that I would be fine. In the UK, pop is drugs. Here's the thing about living long. Is, I mean, there's yeah, there's healthy habits, and we live as a whole longer than everyone else. Yeah. But there's stories of people that smoke a pack a day. Yeah, I know. And live to another hundred. I think at the end it's just genetics and stress. Oh, that's an interesting point. I think stress has a lot to do with how we deal with stuff because stress nowadays in the world, we work so hard and we stress ourselves out about everything, money, success, family, all that sort of stuff. And we just can't mentally, we're always working on something. Whereas Hmm. back then, even with social media, right? It adds another layer of stress to us where we're always going. We're back then they could just relax, smoke a pack a day, chill on the porch. So do you think it'd be better off if for some reason a Slurpee took away your stress, drinking a Slurpee every single day and not being stressed or just being stressed? Absolutely. A Slurpee every day. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. Stress kills, man. You know that. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you've ever been stressed to the point of it, you get headaches or it consumes your thought and you can't sleep well, it takes a physical toll on your body. Sure. And if the world, especially North America or even in uh, Japan where they work crazy hours, 
if they committed more to not being so stressed about things that don't actually matter, like your job or like your success your in your job, job doesn't well, matter. It doesn't well, matter. Well, like yeah, you can lose your job. I understand that, but there's more jobs out there. Sure. You don't need your job. Well, don't stress about it. Hmm. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast, quit your job right now and thank me for it later. Stop being stressed. Just laugh more. You know who's not stressed? Kylie Jenner, one of the two younger. The yeah, Kendall she's and, only Kendall and Kylie. Well, she, I think she's the youngest, but I, I don't know. Somebody out there listening of will the be like, "Come on, guys! Yeah, you need to know this stuff." The Kardashians basically run run America. I think any one of them could run for. I thought that was Dunkin' Donuts. America runs on Dunkins. Oh, but the Kardashians run, run America. America on to Dunkin'. All right, we're ready. No, no, no. we're ready here. The wind, you guys, is necessary. No change. Oh. Awful. So I never, I didn't know this at all. Our friend Gary Vee was just talking about Kylie, who launched this cosmetic line, Kylie mm-hmm. Cosmetics, said that she was worth four hundred million dollars in revenue in twenty seventeen, something yeah. like that. Three hundred thirty-five. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Three hundred. And $35 million Kylie Jenner did in revenue last year. In sales. Like that's sales revenue. Not just like, hey, you're worth that. No, because she's worth $900 million. Yeah, they're saying that with, with even with conservative estimates this year, if her business grows at all, and it should, yep. that she's going to be the youngest billionaire, self, self-made billionaire, self-made billionaire in world history. Faster than my friend Mark Zuckerberg. That's insane. Yeah. And not insane because, again, that family is very, very smart. Kim Kardashian's worth, I think, about a third of what Kylie is, which is wild because it feels like Kim has been in the news a lot more and a lot longer, but Kylie just went into the right thing at the right time with her audience and has just played social so well. She's 20 years old. She's about to be a billionaire. She did the lip thing. She had, like, the Kylie lips. Oh, yeah, right, with the cup. Right, and then... That was like a meme for a while. People would suck yeah. cups on their lip, and then they pop off their lips, and people wanted Kylie's lips, which were obviously it's uh, cosmetic surgery. Yeah, my wife told me today that she had her lip implants taken out. Taken or out, is now. considering it, or right? She did the lip thing first, and then she launched this lip kit to mm-hmm. help make your lips look good. That was the makeup thing she launched, and she sold out. And now she's a genius. And it's wild to me the perspective of before you would have been like, hey, Kylie Jenner, you know, a Kardashian, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you're really good at PR, you know, the media. But now you're like, wait a minute. You're an undeniable business savant. Yeah. And uh, what I'm curious is, because, you know, no one person can run a $900 million business is what does her team look like around her and what, what's her role in it? The article that I read said there's five people. Yeah. Five people. Like the overhead is almost zero. Everything is, you know, outsourced, obviously. Her mom has a 10% stake. She does the PR because her mom is like wild at that. She's done, but she's it's done okay. Basically her. Yeah. She owns it all. And she kind of talked about the power of social media. And this is something I want to get into because we've worked in advertising and we mm-hmm. understand, you know, there's mediums all over the world. But what we hear a lot from companies is that social media sucks because they're doing right. it wrong. And it doesn't work. Yeah. But clearly it does work. And that's what I'm sure she went all into and is smart enough to go, no, I know how this works because I live in this world. Watch me work. Yo, and she talked about she can connect directly with her fans who are her customers. And she Uh, does, right? And if you watch how someone like her, a celebrity, or you would call her an influencer, uses Mm -hmm. social media, guess what they do? They use it a lot. Yeah. And they're there talking and having conversations. And it's like, wait a minute, you can do this as a business person or a brand? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What do you know? You can. Whereas most companies now just want to post something and be like, hey, come buy my stuff. Social media sucks. It didn't work. Yeah. She's on there all the time. Brilliant. She's a hero. $900 million. Does that She's change like, who you are as a person? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think you probably have to, hey? 
Yeah, I mean, what I'm amazed at is she seems to have a reasonably level head growing up in the environment that she did, which was in the spotlight and the fame and all those different kinds of things, and she's able to come out of that. But I think she's learned a lot of valuable lessons about how to monetize a following, seeing you know her sisters and you know her mom and their whole family and what they've done. Yeah, and, and obviously a lot of mistakes were made in there, sure. but a lot of successes. And so she grew up in an environment that was hyper- Hyper focus on monetization, mm-hmm. and that's all they did. You know, people are like, "Oh, this show sucks. I would never watch the Kardashians." Well, the Kardashians don't care because <laughs> they know what they're doing. They're yeah. building an empire, and it's insane to me what that would have given her, like a front row seat to how to make money. Yeah. Speaking of learning lessons from an older generation, let's talk about Ice Cube's Big Three basketball. Have you seen any of this? I have not seen any of this. I only stumbled across this again on the weekend. We were out at the lake and no internet. So I'm on the TV and I'm like, what's this big three thing on the sports channel? And it is three on three basketball, which we have seen before. In fact, I think the best three on three player in the world is from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Hold on. Is this is this different than like the and one three on three that was going yeah, around? Completely different. So it, it's similar in that it is three on three basketball, but it is a half court game between largely retired NBA players. Started by Ice Cube. He started this whole league and you've got like... The guy from the movie like Ride Along? Yep. That guy has brought together all these classic NBA players. Like who? Like Alvin Iverson? No, I haven't seen AI in there. I, they're like they're, they're not necessarily tier one stars although probably is some mixed in there. I only saw a couple of games Ron but I Artest. recognize like Metal World Peace. Might, yeah. So Ron Artest is coming back or coming into the season or maybe is playing under his old name, not under World Metal World Peace, under his old name because Mistake. it's about the throwback. But it's so interesting because it feels like, like I, I don't want to say like junkyard basketball, but it's like these big boys who can still throw down, getting in there. There's like no three balls, no long range shots. It's like classic basketball from big old school players. It's interesting. Yeah. Are the Are the rules changed at all? Yeah, there's like, I mean, it's different because three on three basketball, like you don't have to clear at some points. And so you just like get the ball and they just like put it in the net and like not necessarily following all of it. But one, it looks like they're having a lot of fun out there. And there are thousands of people watching this. Like they were in like an NBA arena, I'm assuming. And there was tons of people there watching. And my first thought is, why would I pay money to watch geriatrics who are no longer good enough to compete play a sport that they were once good at? Uh, Because they are good enough to compete against similar people. Right, so I can go watch, you know, rookie children's basketball as well. You know how powerful nostalgia is. And if you can go watch all the players from your era play and play the old style of basketball that you loved, I think that's what's making it work. Versus there's people who, like, they hate the new, like, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, jack up threes the whole time. They want to see people getting nitty-gritty down in the post and bumping elbows, locking boots, and, you know, making it happen. That's like that one guy who started a pay-per-view for hockey, and all it was was 50 hockey fighters, and they just fought, and someone won a big pot doing fisticuffs. People are like, I just want to see old-school fighting hockey. Isn't like, that no. the movie Goon? It was a movie, but it was an actual thing that they made money off of. Really? Yeah. And yeah, so anyway, I'm curious to see how it goes, but it seems like it continues to grow and they're trying to work to get bigger and bigger stars. Like, uh, you know, will Michael Jordan come and Kobe and some of these Could other guys? Could you imagine if Michael Jordan or Kobe played three and three street ball for a living? Not for a living, but for fun. Here's what I bet you they're doing right too. And we talk about this a lot. I bet you it's a blast to go there yeah. and watch these guys play. And that the, well, basketball already has the best overall sporting right. experience 
I believe, in like the major sports. Yeah, I mean, soccer aside, they can play music during the whole game in basketball, which I think makes a big difference to energy. I bet you that's what they're what they're doing really well. They say it's like a party like atmosphere. Like people just come and hang out and have a blast. And what I love is it seems like nobody's taking themselves too seriously. Like the the names of the teams are like you know junk alley fighters, not that, but like they have like fun funny names for their teams, and it's fun. I would go to an event. If the cost was not prohibitive, prohibitive, sure. and it was a fun, yeah. like we always go to we go to sporting events all the time, and our biggest critique is this isn't fun, right? It's just all about the sport, and I don't care. I mean, I care a little bit, but not enough. You know what I mean? If I go yeah. to a sport, sure. I want to be guaranteed a good time, whether or not my team wins or loses. If they win, awesome. Mm-hmm. But if they lose, if you can guarantee me a good time anyway, I'll come back. Yeah, three on three basketball. It's, I mean, it's just like it's fun. It's a little bit more laid back and a good time. You know what's even better than three and three basketball? Two on two basketball. He's heated up. NBA Jam. You ever play that game? Oh, yeah. The greatest basketball game uh, of all time. I had the tournament edition. That's the one. And it had the power ups you could turn on too, yes. like nine point hotspots and like the, the bombs and all those different things. I ne- What? System? Sega Genesis? No, I played with Super Nintendo. I yeah, it was Sega better game. on Sega. Nothing was better on Sega. Yeah, no, it came out on Sega. And yeah, they, you could turn it on. There'd be certain spots on the floor. They would be there for a few seconds. You go there. If you make the shot from there, it'd be worth like four to nine points. And there would be like little power up icons on there you could pick up and like, bomb, you'd hit it and all the players would fall down if you have easy access to the basket or instant fire up or, you know, it was awesome. He's on fire. Heating up. From downtown. He, he's on fire. All I heard was, huh, 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 boom, huh, No, of me trying to push the other player because you like, can push the other players over. Or the elbows. Yeah, or the elbows. That was, elbows. that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I would go to any sporting event, even if it's a sport I don't understand. If cricket was a lot of fun, I would go. Sure, absolutely. Fun. Actually, my brother lives in Australia, and he loves going to rugby. He said rugby is a great atmosphere. And I've never actually been to a live soccer game, mm-hmm. like a real one over in like the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, but I would go, although I'm scared of like the is it hoodlums. The hoodlums, like the gangs. What? Like there's in, in, in European soccer. Oh, yeah. There's the, gangs associated with each team. Like those that gang that showed up and was throwing darts off yes. the top balcony and just letting them hit people below them? Yeah, and so when I, when I lived in Europe, I had a friend that went to see an AC Milan game, and he got free tickets, but his Yo. tickets were in a section with, I don't know if they're called hoodlums or what they're called, but it was in the gang section, and he said he was terrified because oh, he didn't want to get beat up or to do any damage to someone, so he just tried to, like, like You just hide. blend in. Well, I don't know if you can blend in, but... Yeah, you just like pretend you belong there, but like, no, I'm not, I'm not starting any trouble today. I would not do well. My parole officer's on my back. I would not do well. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. I would prefer to be like Kylie Jenner. What? Yeah, to be a billionaire <laughs> and not have to go to those things and throw darts at people. Wouldn't it be nice? Well, wouldn't it be nice if we were older? No. Anyway, that's the podcast for today. Hey, thanks for hanging out. We are going to be back soon, probably in a day or two, with another one. Yeah, what's today, Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah, probably probably Friday. Yeah, Friday. I have a charity golf tournament tomorrow. So. Oh, you're going golfing? Yeah, I love golf. Yeah, you're you're not bad at it, actually. Yeah. Truth be told, you're not good I'm at a better, it. I'm a better driving range driver than you are, but no, you're, you're a better golfer than I am. No. Right now, anyway. No. That could true. change in the near future, but for sure. now, you have you have the... Keep talking, and I'll end our partnership and just golf all the time. I mean, then it will be better. You can, but you'll also be broke. Yeah. Er, broke. <laughs> you'll be broke. <laughs> sure. All right, you guys. Have a good day. Thanks for watching, listening, whatever you do.